Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is a smoking gun which underlines the power that the Tories wield over the BBC, the massive power that they wield, and underlines how the independence of the corporation is deliberately and systematically undermined to ensure the dissemination of propaganda favourable to the government. Now, it's important to talk about this because I think there's been a deliberate attempt to make out any of these critiques about the BBC and its its links, I suppose, to Toryism as being kind of, you're a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat wearer, um, partly because the right-wing media who dominate political discourse in this country have done such a good and thorough job at trying to portray the BBC as a den of leftiness, which I'll talk about and show why it's complete and utter nonsense. But the reason they do that is because they know, given they dominate the newspapers, that they can police the BBC's output, that they can constantly bully and harangue um, into a position of supporting right-wing ideology. Now, last week, emails and WhatsApps leaked to The Guardian revealed that the BBC asked journalists to avoid using lockdown in reporting at the start of the pandemic and to be more critical of Labour, all at the behest of government pressure. Now, one email was from a senior editor telling journalists that the Tory government was asking them not to use lockdown. That, of course, happened on the 23rd of March. It's been a long period of our lives, but three years ago now, since that national lockdown almost exactly was introduced. Um, Now... The email said, important advisory, language regarding broadcast. Hi all, Downing Street are asking if we can avoid the word lockdown. I'm told the message will be that they want to keep pushing people to stay at home, but they're not talking about enforcement at the moment. Now, there was kickback, commendably, from journalists who obviously wanted to do their job, but they failed. So broadcast that day didn't speak about a lockdown. They spoke about curbs and restrictions on daily life. Compare and contrast that to Sky News, who did use correctly lockdown. The reason they used lockdown was because there was a lockdown taking place at the time. In another WhatsApp message on the the 24th of October 2021, a senior editor asked journalists to make coverage more critical of Labour after a complaint from number 10. The message reads, Downing Street complaining that we're not reflecting Labour's mess of plan B online, i.e. Ashworth, that's Jonathan Ashworth, the shadow health secretary at the time, said it earlier this week, then reversed. Can we turn up the scepticism a bit on this? So what they did is deliberately become more critical of the Labour Party's position because the government asked them to do so. A third leaked message from 2022 shows a senior editor circulated a message to BBC political journalists um, from the then uh, director of comms at number 10, the day after a speech by Johnson, where he compared Ukraine's struggle against Russia uh, to the people of Britain, 52% voting for Brexit. So the message included a tweet from the Ukrainian embassy and said, Hi, worth sharing with any reporter misinterpreting the PM's speech. I travelled home with the ambassador. He most definitely did not think the PM was equating Brexit with Ukraine. He heard him very clearly um, say very clearly nothing like this has happened since the 1940s. Another one, which I think just is astonishing, to be honest, in an email, a senior editor congratulated journalists for staying away from Jennifer O'Curie. Now, Jennifer O'Curie, for those... If you'd forget, if you've forgotten, is the American tech 
entrepreneur who it was alleged had an affair with um, Boris Johnson. And when she gave an interview appearing to confirm that affair, um, following allegations uh, that he used his position when he was mayor of London to get favourable treatment for her, the message to political journalists said about one of them, a journalist did a wonderful job last night keeping us away from the story. I'd like to continue that distance. It's not a story we should be doing at the stage. Please call me if you're asked to. What the hell is that about? Now, I remember I was one of those at the time who were like, why isn't the BBC covering this particular alleged scandal? Because obviously, if we're talking, as we were, about allegations that someone Boris Johnson was allegedly in an affair with, using his position to advance her business interests, those are allegations, exceptionally serious allegations of corruption in high office, which obviously the BBC should be interrogating. They chose not to, and they congratulated journalists for keeping away from that particular story. Now, all of this shows a pattern of how the Tories, and these are just, you know, these are just the emails and WhatsApps we have, which shows how the government directly put pressure on the BBC and succeeded in their goal in minimising or, or sorry, shifting coverage in terms that the government wanted and to be more critical of the opposition. Now, this just, to put this in a broader context in terms of what's happening, in terms of what how the BBC functions, because this argument that it's a den of leftiness um, is a nonsense. Um, and if we go back a few years ago, Cardiff University did a detailed analysis of the BBC's output. And what they found was a BBC which was biased towards the Conservatives, towards the establishment, towards big business. So, for example, they looked at one strand um, of coverage reporting on immigration, the EU and religion. Um, and they found that in 2012, David Cameron outnumbered Ed Miliband in coverage by a factor of nearly four to one. Um, and in 2012, cabinet, Conservative cabinet ministers and uh, sorry, and general ministers outnumbered their Labour counterparts by more than four to one. Now, it's absolutely true that incumbents, governments, get more coverage than the opposition. But what they found was that they got far more coverage, Conservative government ministers, compared to the opposition, Labour opposition, than Labour government ministers got compared to what were then Conservative opposition ministers in the 2000s when uh, Gordon Brown was Prime Minister. They looked at another strand that found Conservative, that's all, reporting of all topics, and Conservative politicians were featured more than 50% more often than Labour ones. Um, they also found that business representatives got far, far more coverage uh, than trade unions. So, for example, on the BBC Six O'Clock News, they found business um, representatives outnumbered trade union spokespeople by 19 to 1 by 2012. Now, trade unions are the biggest democratic organisation in the country. They represent millions of workers. And yet, business representatives get, in this case, on the six o'clock news, 19 times more uh, interviews, coverage, um, than trade unions. Um, so what they found, this coverage, what they actually, the study, they, they concluded, the evidence from the research is clear, the BBC tends to reproduce a conservative, Eurosceptic, pro-business version of the world, not a left-wing, anti-business um, agenda. Now, quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Since 2012, things have only got worse. Let's be very clear about this. And now the Director General is a former Tim Davies, a former Conservative candidate. But Richard Sharp, who's the chairman of the BBC, is a piss take. It's just a complete piss take. Not only did he help secure a loan for Boris Johnson of £800,000, but he donated more than £400,000 to the Conservatives. But research by the Byline Times revealed he also gave tens of thousands of pounds through his personal charity to the Institute for Policy Research think tank. Now, they fund right-wing organisations across the country, including organisations which directly support the privatisation of the BBC. So IPR, which I have to say seems pretty shadowy, they don't even have a website, but they funded analysis critical of the BBC's coverage of Brexit. They also gave money to an organisation called Newswatch, uh, whose target is almost exclusively coverage by the BBC, which they criticise from a right-wing direction and attempt to push it, obviously, in a more right-wing direction. It's part of a systematic attempt. By right-wing, as I said, and I said this over and over again, because the, the, the most newspapers support the Conservatives, most newspapers are right of centre, they view anything that deviates from being right-wing as unacceptable. They don't accept the political legitimacy of anything. And they try and construe it as bias. So with the BBC, because the BBC does have to have standards, they do have to, um, you know, they, they, it's not like the front page of The Sun, the BBC, is it? No. Or the Daily Mail. So they have to have, they have to at least portray some sort of balance. They have to have alternative voices. They have to include criticisms of the government. But that for the right-wing media is outrageous. They think that's, this is bias. You know, you can possibly so, so you know that's why you get this constant: the BBC are too left wing, the BBC are too left wing, because they don't apply the same standards as right wing newspapers, which would obviously be completely preposterous. So, what the these newspapers do is is try and push it them even further in their direction in a way that's favourable. They also, if you think about the Today program, the news agenda of the BBC is set by those right wing newspapers. So, whatever is on the front pages of of the newspapers then helps shape the BBC's priorities for that day. Well, most newspapers are right-wing, so again, that's another example of how this works. Now, the, the BBC defenders will go, well, the BBC is criticised by both left and right, and therefore it's getting it right. Um, the balance must be correct if we're being attacked from all sides. That is a logical fallacy. That's not how things work, does it? I mean, you know, you know if you use any kind of, you know, if... You know, take I, I use this example a lot because I think it kind of fleshes it out. Take the criminal justice system. Now, the right will say it's not harsh enough and the left will say it's too punitive and doesn't do enough on rehabilitation. So then supporters of the criminal justice system go, well, we're taxed by all sides, so we must be getting it right. That's not how it works. Is the criminal justice system working in a way that's effective? 
um, and and you know could we compare it to another justice system like Norway that throws far more rehabilitation and gets better outcomes? You know, it's not just because you're criticised from two different directions doesn't mean you've got the balance right. In the case of the BBC, what I would say is it's absolutely true that a lot of BBC staff um, on social issues like immigration and LGBTQ rights will be more progressive than the right-wing newspapers. There's no question about that, though that hasn't stopped the BBC doing shocking stuff, for example, on trans rights as of late. So actually, you know, even to whatever the leanings of many of the staff, that does not reflect it in the coverage that the BBC does. But the point is, on economic issues, the BBC has always or long stood by a broadly neoliberal view of the world, very pro-markets, anti-state intervention, all those sorts of things. That's what their economic coverage tends to reflect. One senior BBC presenter did tell me that he thought the the um, the centre of the political centre of gravity at the BBC was Blairite. Now, I think that was true in the first half of the 2010s. I think basically you've got a kind of Blairite leaning BBC. Um, but what's changed since then is conservative appointments at the top of the BBC, and you know I include, for example, Robbie Gibb, who used to be started off working for the BBC, then was a conservative staffer, then became in charge of BBC's political coverage, then went to work for Theresa May as her spin doctor, director of communications, then helped set up GB News, then ends up back on the BBC board, constantly trying to push a allegedly a right-wing agenda. That's what the likes of Emily Maitlis and Lewis Goodall, former BBC journalists, um, have alleged. So what I think the reason it often got criticised partly by the right is they saw a, a on social issues rather than economic issues, progressive dispositions. But the BBC has now become more torrified. Um, so even though it actually had this kind of, you know, right-wing on the economy, socially liberal on, progress, on, culture, on cultural issues, that too has shifted, I think, in the last few years. Now, where does this end for the BBC? Well, quite clearly, the right instinctively don't like the BBC, partly because it's publicly run. They don't like things which are not privatised. It's just a basic economic worldview of Conservatives. They want the BBC to be privatised, ideally. That's what, if they could get away with it, that's what they would do. The danger for the BBC is, having never had the enthusiasm of the, of, of, of the right, they've not only lost the support or sympathy of left people who are left-wing, like me, but people who are kind of centre, a lot of centrists now, who actually often would defend the BBC, and now those who are often as well as alienated as people like myself. And the danger for the BBC is it's dug its own grave, because who is left to defend it? It will never get the enthusiastic support of the right, just because it's not privatised, but now it's lost the consent and support of a lot of the rest of the population. And the consequences of that may well be that the BBC's future has a very, very big question mark over it indeed. Please like, subscribe, do support us on Patreon.com. I'll see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.